Hi guys, welcome to the Onyx Yoga Studio podcast. I'm Denise, a teacher here at Onyx and podcast host. And today I'm sitting here with Tiffany Polite Hill. And she is going to tell us about the three minds of yoga. Thank you, Denise. Um, So my name is Tiffany. I did my teacher training here last year, so 2018 to 2019. And um, during our training, Shannon, um, she went through the 10 bodies of Kundalini Yoga with us. And part of the tradition in Kundalini is that the human being has 10 bodies instead of just the one. And six of them are energetic. Um, Three of them are the minds, and then one is the physical. So today we'll talk about the three minds of the yoga, of Kundalini yoga. Um, Awesome. So yeah, have you heard of like that before at all? I haven't, and so I'm really curious to do this podcast because I myself want to learn about this. Um, So, you know, and I will say just with kundalini yoga in general, I've done a few kundalini classes. I went to um, one studio during the whole time I've been a yogi that was really focused on kundalini. And, you know, for me, it's never been a regular part of my yoga practice. I've never done that style regularly. You know, I've experienced it, but um, I have so much to learn just about, you know, I've never jumped into that well. So Yeah, it's a very deep well. Yeah. (laughs) I took uh, two classes, or maybe it was just one with Jill when she was teaching the Thursday night one, but it was a lot of fun. Kundalini definitely has a lot of, like, energy to it. Mm -hmm. So we can dive right in. Um, so first, um, there's the negative mind and it's called the negative slash protective mind. And you can think of it as almost, you know, like your first line of defense when a situation or a person comes up to you, the first thought that pops into your head is usually the negative mind and it's kind of a protective your first line of of defense. So when you see someone, like, walking up towards you, you think, oh, you know, he might do me harm. Or, um, I don't know, like, uh, when you see a car accident, your first reaction is to swerve away. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, you know, just trying to keep you safe. And it can be too strong sometimes you know, when your negative mind is too powerful, usually you have you build up too many walls around yourself. Um, you don't let people in. You overanalyze yourself and others, and it's just a hypercritical situation. Um, and the thoughts that come up, you know, you attach yourself to those thoughts of, oh, this person's going to do me wrong, but who knows? They might not have ill intentions towards you. The whole goal here, you know, is to allow yourself to be open to people, to be open to new experiences instead of, you know, shutting down, like, you know, taking a different class. You know, most people wouldn't want to take a Kundalini class, but, you know, you never know what you'll get until you try it. Mm -hmm. And the negative mind kind of, you know, builds that fence and that wall around yourself so you can't really 
have that experience. So the goal with the negative mind is to have it, to be more balanced, um, to open ourselves up, allow space, allow people to come in, allow people to love us. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people, you know, with the, the negative mind has a lot to do with experiences, either in this life or if you believe in, you know, past lives and stuff. You know, we hold on to a situation or a person or a story and we carry it with us. So we don't, you know, allow people to love us. We don't allow people to, you know, show up for us. Right. It kind of is reminding me, I read this book, Buddha's Brain, and uh, I don't think that it used, you know, negative mind, like, as a term, Mm -hmm. but it was talking about how we are wired towards survival. You know, that's our instinct, is survive. So because we are wired towards that survival, you know, we're we're overly, like, protective in a way. So we're, you know, we, we... think negatively because it's almost like we're going to that worst case scenario. Yes, exactly. It's yeah. Very um, primordial. You know, yes. Going back to our, yeah. our instincts of, you know, we can't trust the other ape or whatever you want to believe mm-hmm. um, the other person because he or she wants what I have and I may want what they have. Yep. You know, it's very defensive and it worked well back then because, you know, It was survival of the fittest, but now there's whole foods where you don't have to steal food. Exactly. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's it's tough to let go of that negative mind and that negative thought, but you can still use it in a positive way. Yeah. um, Because you do need some sort of um, restraint with new people. It's how you don't get scammed, and yeah, how you don't get taken advantage of. The negative mind. It is negative, but it's useful. Right. We all very much need it in our lives. Right. So, um, also with the negative mind, I kind of think of it as, um, you know, we see the glass as half empty. And that will play along into something else I'll say later on. Um, but it's like when you're crossing the street and, you know, there's cars going by and you look left and you look right and then you go back and forth from left to right like 10,000 times because you're so you're so unsure and overprotective of yourself like your that um flight or flight yep. instinct is always there and you know with yoga we're always trying to find the balance between the two so the next part is the positive mind and the positive mind is in charge of our our dreams, our goals, our visions in life. Um, I think of it as optimism. I think of the negative mind as um, pessimism. With the positive mind, it kind of like I think of it as a spiritual cheerleader in a way, mm-hmm. like the part of our mind that says, "Oh yeah, take that Kundalini class. That that'll be a lot of fun," or take that hot class, try a handstand or whatever, you know, to get get you out of your comfort zone. Right. And when it's too strong, you know, it's kind of like rose-colored lenses. Like, you're too optimistic about everything. 
Um, Almost to the point of like being, um, I don't want to say delirious, but you know, just kind of like not really grounded in, in reality. And, exactly. and yeah. And that's the, um, the balance to it where you need to be more grounded. But part of positive mind when it's too strong, it's like your your dreams and your goals you think, which is great to have, mm-hmm. but sometimes, you know, when it's led by the ego, um, those goals are untainable. Um, you know, you set unrealistic goals and timelines or you don't even set timelines at all. Right. It's like, I'm going to become a millionaire. That's my goal for this year. It's February. How yeah. am I going to get to, you know, million dollars or billion dollars by December without planning and thinking um, and just being completely realistic? Like, yeah, a billion dollars by the end of the year is impossible. Right. It could happen, possibly, but to have that um, discernment and that groundedness with reality to draw you back in and say, okay, maybe I'll just want a hundred thousand dollars by the end of this year mm-hmm. and maybe I'll double that next year and look at a billion or whatever many dollars in a couple of years instead of instead of a couple of months mm-hmm. um, that is something that um, that discernment and that reality that we need to stay in touch with right and also it shows up in not only goals but also um, relationships with other people, even strangers. Yeah. Um, so that instance of, <clears throat> of crossing the street, you know, someone with a strong, too powerful of a positive mind, they won't look left and right. They're like, okay, I'll just go. I don't hear a car going. Mm-hmm. I've been guilty of that as a kid. Like, yeah. just crossing the street. I'm like, I don't hear cars. I'm probably fine. There wasn't a car, thank God. But, yeah. you know, you still need to check in with yourself and check in with your surroundings and other people because you never know. And to have that, um, that confidence led by the ego is dangerous because the ego, you know, likes to say, Oh, me, mine, uh, I kind of statements and which is fine to be, you know, a self starter and, you know, self love is powerful, but, to be aware of your limits. Mm-hmm. And the negative mind, you know, is in charge of our limits and, and our boundaries and stuff. The positive mind, you know, is the opposite. So to find the middle ground where you can say, all right, maybe I'll just look to the left once and then to the right once and then I'll cross the street. Because I don't need to look a billion times and I don't need to just blindly walk across the street that's too dangerous um but also you don't need to look back and forth a thousand times and hurt your cervical spine right (laughs) (laughs) true so it's kind of like you know having that uh that refinement when do I use my negative mind Mm -hmm. and how much is that needed and then when do I use my positive mind and you know how much is that needed Exactly. There's this middle ground between both where I'm being, you know, cautious, but also um, 
not cautious to the point of being so fearful that you never go anywhere. You know, you never cross that metaphorical street because you're too scared. You know, that wouldn't be, that wouldn't be good either. Yeah. There's people like that, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, on both ends, both extremes, not necessarily all together in their lives, in their life, um, but in different areas. So, you know, I taught, um, this series in my classes recently and, for the three minds, I kind of asked my students, you know, like take a look at one area area in your life right now where you think, you know, your negative mind is too strong or your positive mind is too strong. And it was, you know, it wasn't, it was a rhetorical question. I wanted them to just sit with it and think about it. Mm-hmm. But I know, like, at least for me, I can definitely see sometimes, um, my negative mind is very strong financially. Like my finances, yeah. I just think like, like taxes. I don't want to do my taxes this year, uh-huh. which makes no sense because you know you're eventually going to get my refund. But it's like my negative mind just comes in like, oh, you have to get all of your paperwork from all the jobs that you did last year. Mm-hmm. You have to go to um, my mom's office. She's an accountant and stuff like that. And it's like, instead of, you know, holding on to that script and that story, I can switch it and say, all right, I'm going to do all of those things. I'm going to try my best to be happy about it. Yeah. And um, same thing with the positive mind. I think it shows up, at least for me, um, sometimes on my map, honestly. Um, There's times, like, I love Jane's Thursday night classes. And... um, We'll do, you know, a pose. We'll, so we'll usually start on the floor when we do some core. But at some point, you know, we do sun style A, and I think we sometimes do B. But the positive mind kind of takes over, and it's like, oh, I know sun style A. I've done sun salutations a bunch of times. I memorize them. I teach them. Mm-hmm. And, if, again, it's that ego taking hold of the conversation, saying, like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. But... That's not the best, you know, thing to to have in teacher training. Shannon taught us. Um, I forget the Sanskrit term for it, but it translates to um, like having the mindset of a of a, of a beginner. Mm-hmm. Beginner's um, mind. Yes. Yeah. Um, as teachers, you know, or at least in my sense, um, I get into patterns because you know we teach yes sense yeah. la it's like peanut butter and jelly but when we come on to our mat as a student you know we should still have that open mind and have that restraint to say like oh i know what i know where it, the class is going to go next mm-hmm. or i know what to do next you know because it kind of takes the uh, excitement out of class and stuff so like if you just enjoy and lay back and relax, but also, you know, stay, stay grounded with the now, with the teacher, yep. with the, you know, your fellow students and your mat in itself. I think that's the most important part, just to always have that, like, oh, I wonder what we're going to do next. Well, for me, like, just listening, you know, to what you're saying, there's actually two examples that you're, you know, giving with this positive negative mind play, Mm -hmm. one off the mat, one on the mat. But 
you know, when you brought up your taxes, that off the mat example, it actually reminded me of years ago, you know, when I started teaching and uh, I was like teaching all over and I kind of was, you know, dreading like bringing all my stuff to the, to my accountant too, because I'm like, oh my God, you know, I I created my own story and it was kind of negative. Like it was almost like, I'm going to be judged for being like so unorganized. You know, I like started teaching and, you know, I have all these like 1099 forms from different studios and I'm all over the place. And, you know, then my accountant asked me for my expenses and what I was writing off. And I kind of like created a negative story around it of like, oh, I'm just so unorganized with this. And like, oh, I should have been more prepared. And, you know, think I, I felt a little bit judged, but, right. but not that my accountant was judging me. It was, it was really me judging myself. Exactly. And, you know, looking back, like in those situations, you could actually just flip the whole story and use your positive mind and say like, yeah, this year I was offered to teach at so many studios exactly. and I cultivated a new skill and I made all this extra, you know, money with my side job. And yeah, okay, I didn't have everything perfectly organized, but, you know, next year I know this exactly. is what I need, and, and it's it's not that bad, you know, it's not a big deal. Um, and then, you know, with being, like, on the mat taking a yoga class, yeah, I've, you know, practiced for years now, so I've done that where I go to a class, and, um, you know, I don't have beginner's mind at all. I almost, it's like, I oh, yeah, I, I know what we're going to do. I know it's coming. And in that way, you know, you're not as open to really learning and uh, exploring. You know, you're exactly. you're kind of checked out. You're not really fully checked in because you're not present. Exactly. So, in a weird way, you know, not not that I felt like when I'm when I do that in a class, it's not that I feel negatively about the class, but I'm not using that like open, positive, you know. Let's do this. Let's be in the moment mindset. Yeah, exactly. Which mm-hmm. is crazy because you're doing yoga. How can you not be aware? But you can. It's yeah. completely possible. Um, and I think it's almost, you know, it's a disservice to yourself and almost a disservice to the teacher as well to just not have that beginner's mindset yeah. in a way, especially as a, you know, a fellow teacher. Um, because there's times, I, I think, um, I was in class... I think two weeks ago, it was in Jane's class, and um, she cued, like, the wrong side. Uh-huh. I just went with it. Like, I didn't want to, like, speak up and tell her, like, it was yeah. the wrong side. Yeah. But someone else eventually did. <laughs> and um, I just thought it was hilarious. I'm like, oh, I do have a little bit of, like, the beginner's mindset, but also it's like, she's my teacher, and I don't want to <laughs> tell her what to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's actually like, another... Just another student, my even teacher, that spoke up and kind of was like, it's pretty cool, you know, speak up and use your voice and um, not be too stuck. Right. Not too stuck in your own, um, you know, thoughts and, and feelings and whatnot. Right. So this brings me to last mind, which is the neutral mind. Um, it's... The meditative mind and one of the first things that pops into my head when I talk about this is um, Yoga Sutra 1.2 which Shannon um, 
she told us in teacher training that that, that was one and two um, are the most important sutras. If you just go back to those two, you know, it's a great foundation. She told us that at the time in teacher training, and I didn't quite, you know, didn't stick with me then. But going back and looking at it now, it's incredibly powerful. And it's um, yoga, chitta, vritti, nirodaha, which is yoga is the calming of the fluctuations of the mind. So I think uh, chitta is, uh, translates to like the mind stuff. So the mind stuff being the negative and the positive. Just the chatter. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Those thoughts that you try to quiet or you try to listen to a little bit more, but it's it's a mess. Our minds are are like, um, I love that term, or that, um, that one little story. I'm pretty sure it's in the sutras where, you know, there's a mirror. And there's like dirt all over the mirror or, you know, just debris or whatever on the mirror. And it's supposed to represent, the mirror is supposed to re- represent our higher self. The dirt is supposed to represent, you know, our physical selves, our ego. And then the action of wiping the dirt off of the mirror is yoga. Mm-hmm. is clearing out the garbage, clearing out, you know, the dirt and the debris and the and the ego so that you know you get closer to your higher self and that's what the neutral mind is trying to do to move away from the positive and the negative and just find you know that neutral ground and the way to do it at least according to the kundalini tradition is through pranayama and meditation um I took a meditation workshop yesterday, and this quote really stuck with me. It's, meditation is the most relaxed state of alertness and the most alert state of relaxedness, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, you have best, the best of both worlds where, you know, when we sit in meditation, which I need to practice a lot more, when we sit in meditation, you know, it's that space between, like, you're not quite asleep or you're not quite awake. You're just, the mind tries to quiet. Um, and you're neither alert or relaxed, or a little bit of both, which I think is really cool because, you know, that relaxedness translates to the positive mind, that um, alertness relates to the negative mind. When you combine or, you know, combine the two where it's healthy, where it's productive, um, and where it's helpful to yourself, I think that's where the magic happens. Um, so I said earlier that the negative mind, you know, it sees the cup as half empty. Mm-hmm. The positive mind sees the cup as half full. But with a a neutral mind, you know, there's just a cup and there's water in it, no matter Mm -hmm. how much or how little. Um, And the goal here is to just be grateful for the water, to drink the water, share the water. And water is basically knowledge. Yeah. Um, Knowledge, love, um, 
balance, just to share that with yourself and others. And Shannon taught us that um, in teacher training, and that also really stuck with me. So I think that's really beautiful. Because you always hear, like, oh, is the cup ha half empty or half full? Yep. It's, a, it's just a cup, and there's water in it. Let's be grateful for however much there is and try to share it and pass along the, the love and the kindness and all that knowledge. There's a certain... Um within the yoga community, and I just think, you know, there's a certain kind of expectation of, you know, we're yogis, so we're positive. Yeah. <laughs> and not that I think that that's bad, right. like, at all. It's just that I think that sometimes it's really overdone or that it's taken too literally. Exactly. And what it turns into is, you know, it's almost fake because, like you said, you know, the negative mind, the positive mind, they both exist. They both play their own roles. You know, they're both valid. Um, if you totally, like, negate the negative mind, you're going to not be cautious enough. You're probably going to run into some problems in life. Um, you know, so, and if you negate the positive mind, I mean, we know you'll just be really grouchy. That would be exactly. terrible. <laughs> exactly, yeah. You but finding that neutral mind and just kind of, you know, I, I hear a quote, or I, I really like this quote um, about meditation, and I forget who said it. It may have been Osho, but I forget, so I don't want to quote that. Um, but it's just, it said that meditation is encountering reality exactly as it is, mm. right? So if you see a glass of water, you know, it doesn't matter if you think it's half full or half empty, it's just a glass of water, exactly. and it's there, and let's be grateful that it's there, and that's what it is. Exactly, exactly. Um, it also kind of frees us from uh, the obligation of, like, constantly trying to look for positives. You know, it gives you that permission, like, okay, you know, there's good and bad. Yes. There's life. It's not supposed to be all good. No. It's You know, so it frees you from almost that expectation. Like, right. Were you here when um, Reverend Jagannath came? Recently? I was, not this year, but he came a few years. So oh, okay. I think the first year he came, I was here. Okay. When he came, because he came to our teacher training, and um, he explained to us uh, dukkha. And dukkha is, I mean, I'm not quite definite on the um, meaning, but it's suffering, like yeah. inevitable suffering. Yep. that we have to be aware of because it's going to happen. There's, we have to surrender to that idea and that concept because we have no other choice. Yeah. You know, we're humans. We have to surrender to our thoughts and our feelings, but not let, but not, um, let them take over our minds, not attach ourselves to them. So when I was doing uh, these the series in my classes, it's really um, kind of changed my practice, not just on the map, off the map as well. And I noticed myself um, getting angry at things, or getting like jealous and stuff like that. And what I did, I was I paused and I was like, "All right, these are the thoughts that are coming up right now." I asked myself, "Why am I? Why do I feel this way?" Why do I 
why do I feel the need to attach myself to that story and that um, conversation? Mm-hmm. And the last thing, I, last thing I asked myself was, um, is this thought bringing me closer to to love and and kindness? And you know, it really breaks down. It makes you pause and become accountable for what you're um, thinking and feeling, and after you go through those three, or maybe, you know, ask yourself a little bit more questions, you know, you calm yourself down, those thoughts are still there, but they're not as powerful as they were when they first, you know, arrived. Um, you know, Shannon says all, all of the time, like, don't attach yourself to, to that conversation or to that story. Mm-hmm. And as soon as we do, you know, it feels good to say, like, oh, woe is me, or, um, you know, just attach yourself to to feel however you want to feel, because you think, you know, I'm right, because I feel, I feel this way, I think this way, but when you surrender, you know, to that higher power, to that, um, to another person, even, you can surrender to another person, and say, like, hey, maybe I wasn't right in this situation, Maybe I didn't have mm-hmm. the best intentions. How can I? How can I change this? And how can I learn from this? I think that's the two most important things. And you know, I see meditation as you know, like turn into the divine or your higher source or God, however you want to call it. You turn to the source, and it's almost like asking for help or just tapping into that divine, that divineness. Like when you meditate and you sit down and you, you know, you go through your laundry list of emotions, you realize, like, that's not the best thing for me right now. That's not bringing me closer to my truth to my higher self, my source, whoever, whatever that means for you, is kind of, it's like a reality check meditation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even just to breathe. You yep. Know, just check in with yourself and say, all right, why am I feeling this way right now? It even is almost like an awareness check because the more you meditate, I found the more I realize you know, I have, I tell myself the same story over and over again. Right. That's my mind chatter. And it's like, oh God, I can't believe I even think about this that much. Or (laughs) I can't believe, you know? Yeah. And that's just the truth for most of us. Like we, like you said in the beginning, you know, our negative minds form starting at a young age and we, you know, make these, um, assumptions about life because of the experiences that we've had. And until you really do a practice like meditation that helps you to become more aware of what your own mind chatter is and what what the stories are that you constantly tell yourself. Right. You know, until you do something like that, you're just going to keep going and going and and, and yeah, and that cycle, it's not going to stop on its own. You yeah. know, it's it's so I think, like, yeah. even with meditation, um, once you become, have, a, like, a strong meditation practice, 
you know, your thoughts don't stop. Your feelings don't stop. They're still there. But because we're human. You yeah. Know, we're going to always feel jealousy, rage, hunger. Yes. Love. We're going to feel all of those things. It's our job just to, you know, find the balance and draw closer towards um, your your true nature, whatever um, whatever speaks true to you and your higher self or your higher source. And it's hard to, uh, you know, separate yourself from, from the, the thought. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's the action of wiping the dirt and the debris off of the mirror so you can get closer to your higher self. Mm-hmm. And you can think, you know, large scale, meditate, retreats. Dominica. Oh, yes. <laughs> it looks so nice there. I think jealousy has been coming up for yeah. me as I see those pictures. <laughs> yeah. oh, it looks so beautiful there. Um, yeah, it can be something as large scale as that or just, you know, taking a seat and taking a breath or journaling. I love mm-hmm. to journal. I've had um, a journal since my junior year in high school. Mm-hmm. So... I have, I have two separate books now, but just to write down exactly how you feel. Yeah. And I look back at some of the stuff I said in high school and college, and I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Like, it honestly feels like a different person. But I've come to that, you know, conclusion that that was how I felt at the time. Nothing changed. I couldn't have changed my mind. Nothing could have changed my mind. Mm-hmm. That was exactly how I felt. But I moved on from that, that thought. Yeah. I moved on from those feelings to a better state of, you know, balance and meditation, coming to onyx and just being here constantly. Yes. <laughs> Trying my best to just, you know, be on the mat, but also take my lessons with me off of the mat into the world where, it, it, at least like in yoga, when I'm on the mat, you know, when we're flowing through the asanas, it's so easy to forget about everything that has happened before I came into the studio. Mm-hmm. Like especially in Shavasana, like I'll lay down, and then it's time to get up, and I was like, oh, like I forgot I was in yoga. Like, like where did the time go? It's so easy to quiet the mind chatter because you're, you know, you're moving through the poses. You're thinking about your alignment. You're thinking about your breath, but the job and the goal here, you know, is to take all of those qualities and those lessons with you off of the mat. So when you're stuck in traffic, rush hour traffic, you know, just still, you know, quiet the mind chatter and be like, all right, it's traffic. I'm going to survive. Which doesn't happen all the time. But it's okay if it doesn't happen all the time because... Again, we're human, and I still get road rage. I don't yes. look at people anymore, so I'm proud of myself. <laughs> I just, uh, <laughs> I just uh, say what I have to say in my head, and then I keep driving to be as safe as possible. Mm-hmm. But yeah, to be human, it's an incredible experience to, you know, have this opportunity to have those three minds and to work collectively towards more balanced mind, a more balanced self, a more balanced truth, balanced source. And I think it's just great that we have this opportunity to 
experience the fluctuations. Yep. But also to have the opportunity to calm the fluctuations and to find that evenness throughout our lives. Mm-hmm. So would you say, just bringing it full circle, that, you know, we've got these three minds. We have negative mind. We have positive mind. We have neutral mind. Um, does kundalini yoga or any yoga, do you think, you know, is there a goal? Like, are we are we trying to spend more of most of our time in neutral mind? Or are we just trying to really navigate through all three? You know, I... I don't know. Maybe that's, yeah, that's a, good a personal question. question. I don't know. I think, it, honestly, it could depend on the person. Um, mm-hmm. But some people are just born with a really strong neutral mind. Some people are probably born with a really strong positive mind or a strong negative mind and a weaker vice versa. Um, I think it's everyone's responsibility to sit down with themselves and say, how much of a negative mind do I have? How much of a positive mind do I have? And how much of a neutral mind do I have? Well, thank you so thank much. You. I'm, I'm really happy to, you know, sit and just learn about this, these three minds. And kind of curious, now that I've, you know, done this podcast with you, I feel like my consciousness will be here this week. So <laughs> I'll be like, okay, you know, waking up in the morning and not going to lie, probably my negative mind will kick in tomorrow and be like, oh, it's Monday. Exactly. <laughs> and I'll flip it to my positive mind exactly. and say, no, I'm grateful it's Monday, grateful to have a job. Yeah, it's a You know, scale. exactly. So, well, thank you. And thank you guys for listening. Um, check the schedule for Tiffany's classes. And even if you don't take her classes, you will probably see her here. She's a friendly face behind mm-hmm. the desk. So... Thank you so much. Thank you.